0: 18 plus.
1: We're glad you're here, and uh, this is our first broadcast coming back to radio. Um, Spent several years uh, doing a health broadcast, about five, out of uh, Arkansas Radio in the Netherlands. Actually, in Europe, uh, did a broadcast for several years. And we've got a guest today right off, even though I'm going to be introducing myself. Aaron, are you with me?
2: Good afternoon, Doc Waterman.
1: (laughs) Very. Hey, I'm glad you're here, because I didn't want to do this intro to the show by myself, and I'm uh, interested in today's topic, too, with everybody that's going to be hearing this. We um, are probably going to take a while to uh, kind of get people acquainted with us and know us, you know, from the standpoint of, you know, what is the show all about, and why have you got it, and so forth? And I uh, thought good. maybe you know, our we had a conversation earlier today, and I Aaron and I did, and we thought it probably be best. Uh, hey, the discussion was lending itself well to what lots of people, <laughs> lots and lots of people would be asking. And so, right. what is today's? Uh, yeah, so what is today's topic today? Uh, it's to get to know us here at Simply Your Health, but it's also, the topic is, what is alternative medicine? You know, what is it? And uh, so we're going to go over that kind of thing today. And, uh, folks, there are a lot of issues surrounding something called integrative medicine, alternative medicine, et cetera. Et cetera. And we're even going to talk about the labels Aaron, we're going to talk about what the labels actually mean. Because, okay. uh, you know, sometimes, you know, a lot of people think, you know, it is alternative. Well, actually, uh, we need to get over that because, you know what, um, we're going to define what allopathic medicine is as opposed to naturopathic medicine, and et cetera. But,
2: well, I, had uh, a, I had a thought, Doc, after we hung mm-hmm, up on the phone. Mm-hmm. Alternative medicine. What does it mean? And it can mean a lot of things. But what really struck me after our conversation was mm-hmm. the body. Our bodies have picked up bad stuff <laughs> from whatever reason. You know, you say bad water, bad food, heavy metals, uh, over vaccination, overuse of pharmaceuticals. There's any number of reasons. So alternative mm-hmm. medicine is one of the goals is to get rid of the bad stuff. <laughs> But on the opposite foot is to give the body what it needs—the good stuff—in a form at which it can uptake that good stuff.
3: Right, that's right.
1: So, Aaron, let's—I'm uh, catching Aaron completely off guard here. I'm going oh, to ask her questions. I didn't. I didn't. She doesn't know I was going to ask.
2: I'm going to leave. What that is to you. what?
1: What is <laughs> what is alternative medicine to you, Aaron? What does it mean?
2: Well, just what I said. It, it's especially I think as you get, you know, as you're a young child and a teenager, I don't know that things affect you as much. But as you grow older, you age, you're on this planet longer. I think we pick up more and more toxins and bad stuff and poor food. And to me, alternative medicine is is a lifestyle change. Figuring out what you need to thrive, to feel mm-hmm. better, to to alleviate. Uh, it, it, helping the body to alleviate problems that you're having. It, it could be arthritis. It could be you know, something with your gastrointestinal tract. It seems like IBD, uh, Crohn's disease, they're, they're like on the rise. Uh, a lot of gluten intolerant people out there. It, it's, figuring out, it's figuring out what the individual body as a whole needs to correct itself and to stay corrected and to stay healthy.
1: You know, a lot of people are going to be asking the question, uh, you know, what qualifies me to be talking about this? Well, just to let everybody know, there'll be a lot of uh, people downloading the show and asking the question. And uh, My name is Dr. John Waterman, and I am a board-certified naturopathic doctor. I've been at it for about... Well, before I became a path, I actually owned uh, t- uh, some health, sto- health food stores, so I'm real familiar with the industry, and I've been doing it for, well, since the mid-80s, doing this. Um, so anyway, uh, one of the things that uh, I want to get people familiar with is me, but it's not about me, it's about you guys, and... Um, you know, I had a time when I used to never, Aaron. I used to never put credentials on my walls. You know, I mm-hmm. thought, hey, uh, you know, people—that's almost like bragging. Have you ever been into somebody's office and it got? That's every, what we call
2: it—the bragging wall.
1: <laughs> it, it's incredible, yeah. And, you know, I—I'm not that kind, but my—the uh, dean of the college I was at—he said, you know, you need to put those up. <laughs> and I said, why? He says, you know, part of. The healing process is confidence, and I said, "Well, okay." And he said, "Sometimes that paradigm of confidence comes in them knowing that you are actually trained to do this. You know, that you're not just off the street and calling yourself a doctor." And I said, "Well, it's that's a good point." He says, "And, and he says, trust me, a lot of the healing process comes from the fact that." Um, people know you're qualified to do this. And I said, that's interesting. That's a really... And he says, so put it up. Put <laughs> So, you know,
3: i got it, Well, my it board is. In. It
2: goes to trust. It goes to trust. Yes. And that you're not some quack. That's you're right. Not, so, you're not mm-hmm. one of those guys in a, in a three-piece suit with a vest, and you're selling elixirs out of your trunk. <laughs>
3: okay.
1: Yeah, that's right. So I... Uh, okay, so I... I uh, have my uh, board certification. I've got my diploma, you know, and around the office I have other other displays of hey, I've actually been there and done that, and and you know, really, um, it's not trying to brag. It's actually helping people have this ability to heal, and that's all you're trying to do is get. You know, this isn't like working on a transmission of a car. Uh, Aaron, that's the difference between a practitioner of the arts and a professional. (laughs) A professional can fix a transmission and then it will run again. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But people are so different. Sometimes the people that have diabetes have diabetes for different reasons. Sometimes uh, they have similar conditions for the same reason. And I'm going to get into that today about You know, what we call, say, for example, a cold. Well, the cold from person to person is different. Let me give you an example, Erin. Sometimes you'll get a cold and you'll be hot. You can't take off enough clothes to stay cool. Your nose is completely clogged up. You couldn't blow your nose if you had to or breathe through it. And you feel like crud. Now, a lot of people would call that a cold. And you've got a fever. Right. Now, now switch it around, you still have a fever, but this time you're shaking and shivering and you can't get enough covers on. Mm-hmm. And you, But you do have a fever and your nose is constantly running and uh, you have to blow your nose constantly. Your eyes are watering and you ache all over. And guess what? That's called a cold too. But they are different in what people feel. So what I'm trying to get at is, You know, a lot of people say, well, um, I know what to do for that. I know what to do for, you know, this. Do they really? Because this is not cookbook medicine. You know how doctors make so much money, Aaron? Allopathic medicine. Because they come in and they do it extremely fast, the same thing, over and over and over and over at a you know five minute a piece type thing, and they rack up the appointments. You know that's not how alternative medicine uh, works. Now let's get back to the definition. What is alternative medicine?
2: Well, it also deals with the whole body.
1: Well, that's true. That's a so huge what difference. is alternative? Well, but the terminology of alternative medicine is is important because. Really, we need to. There's a. There is a paradigm shift in in the works right now. By the way, and thanks a good a good paradigm. Thanks in part, but not entirely, because of Obamacare. <laughs> now, what Uh-oh. kind of shift am, am I talking about? Well, let's talk about some of the shifts in the art of healing in that profession that have occurred in the past. Um, when I used to teach, by the way, I was a professor. I, I was hired in Michigan to teach at college at, at, in the honors program to students that were brought in from several states around. They were the top of the top. They were the best of the best. And uh, I was to teach pre-med and nursing anatomy, uh, honors program for them. And uh, when I started the class, I would say, <clears throat> There was a time when alchemy was used you, you know think of the Middle ages
3: mm-hmm. you know
1: when when they were you know literally giving out like mercury I mean you know this stuff was like uh, alchemy and they were doing stuff that was more superstitious than it was science
3: right
1: then then the field of healing and practitioners moved into Chemistry. And then we began to have um, actually plant derived chemicals or natural remedies that we used because we knew what they would do, not because we knew what they cons- constituted and made up were made up of. But because of experienced practitioners and people trying stuff, they found, hey, this works for headaches, you know. This works for aches and pains, and, you know, this over here helps for this. And so they accumulated this knowledge, and they were kind of playing chemistry. Then it kind of, they thought, oh, we need to kick this up even another notch, and guess where it went to then? Pharmaceuticals. They went into pharmacy. So the chemistry era went from natural to unnatural, and then, of course, do you know that they have the ability to cure cancer in many situations? In fact, they went to uh, Russia to look for what they found was curing cancer, and uh, a guy that I know that was an alternative practitioner, he did chelation therapy for uh, some folks in um, Oklahoma one of the men that pioneered chelation therapy, IV chelation therapy, had a Russian doctor with him. And I knew this Russian doctor really well. And uh, they came to him uh, because they wanted him in the profession of medicine. He was a doctor, by the way, in Russia, but he did alternative stuff. And there was some rumor of a remedy in Russia that was uh, natural, that was curing cancer. And um, they took well, this. Yeah, so they took this crew. Uh, he was asked to go, and he says, "Well, you're a pharmaceutical. Why would I go with you?" He says, "Look, you can either come with us or not come with us." And he said, uh, "You know, I'm going to go because uh, his partner that had actually started the chelation process had acquired a rare form of cancer." And by the way, just because people are practitioners and practice alternative and do uh, supplements and stuff does not mean they have a big red S on their chest and they're invulnerable. People that are in the healing arts get sick too. That's right. But, but his was a, <clears throat> a typically incurable form of a special small cell cancer. And golly, he uh, said, I'll go because, and he signed a contract. He says, if you find it, I have the right to acquire it for my for my um, uh, my colleague here, and uh, that's all I want out of it. And they said, okay, so because he could speak Russian, they went and, and they found it. And the <clears throat> somewhere in Texas at that time, they started doing research on this botanical to make it uh, a product. And you know what? The only way pharmaceuticals will ever use something that actually can help people is if they can patent it. Patent do you know it. do you know Aaron, there are pharmaceutical companies all across the United States that have had their hands on natural remedies that actually worked that actually say got rid of cancer. But guess what they won't do? They won't tell Anybody, they wouldn't even tell people what it was they were working with. You know why? They don't want them to have it. it. That's right. Now, back to that classroom on the first day. So we've gone from alchemy to chemistry, which is where we're at now. But guess where the next paradigm's going? Where? Quantum. We're probably going to see technology become the form in the future of healing, but we're not there yet. So in the meantime, there's a fork in the road that happened in the chemistry phase. Pharmaceuticals have gone, Aaron, just about as far as they can go. Now, guess what they've also done? What? They've taken a lot of people with them, too. Not only is that a dying uh, modality, and that, is a broken model of medicine. In fact, when I was a professor, I wrote a paper about the broken model of medicine and thought I'd get fired, but actually found out that the dean that was to be the department head who became the dean of the college read my paper, and I thought that was it, you know. And uh, she, it was a lady that said, uh, you know, caught me in the hallway, and I said, okay, here it goes, I'm going to get fired.
3: Because <laughs>
1: yeah. I, blasted, I blasted the medical community heavy. She said, I liked your paper, and then just walked on down the hallway. So I had, you know, I had basically been given the green light, you know, move forward with the direction that you're going because I was also teaching integrative medicine. So alternative medicine is the alternative path in this thing called chemistry. In other words, we were talking about the allopathics in chemistry, you know, the pharmaceuticals. But the alternative to chemistries, sets at pharmaceuticals is basically a good word for it is drugless therapy. And, Aaron, we all need to learn to say drugless therapy because drugless therapy really isn't alternative medicine. It's not an alternative. In fact, it should be primary medicine. It should right. be the medicine that we try that if it does fail, then they go to what's called emergency medicine, which is any anytime you have to get onto a drug, that's because it's an emergency because <laughs> drugs right. force a certain situation to occur in the body. They force it. And to me, that's like an emergency, you know? And, um, they just still will not. Let's take the classic uh, example, Aaron. Um, when you get splattered all over the freeway, you know, you need emergency medicine. I mean, True. you don't call an herbalist and a massage therapist when you get splattered in a wreck all over the highway. But you know what they won't no. do? <laughs> right. <No. laughs> They won't call the naturopathic doctor or an herbalist or any of those kind of people after they've put you together to enhance the healing process. Now, that's where we should start today, uh, Aaron, a little bit more, because, you know, we've never, we weren't born short of aspirin. We weren't born short of Ritalin. (laughs) And... You know, these are chemistry sets that come from the pharmaceuticals that they keep telling us, you know. And guess what the most prescribed drug right now is? What? That we don't need, huh?
3: What?
1: Well, it's being forced on the soldiers big time. Guess what it is? I'm kind
0: of... uh, of Well, they do it for
1: for uh, post-traumatic stress. You know, they'll pick out some psychological, pharmaceutical drug, and guess what? All of a sudden, we have a bunch of ex-military veterans going berserky and either killing themselves or going out on a shooting spree or going crazy. It's not their it's not their condition. It's the drugs. It's the drugs. Okay. In fact, Aaron, some of those drugs, about uh, psychological drugs, they say mm-hmm. it. Uh, one of the side effects is you'll have a tendency to uh, want to commit suicide. Why would you take something like that? So I, I don't know,
2: the- but look at the <laughs> look at the huge percentage of people that are on those.
1: And how many people do you think a year die from drug? Uh, wrong drugs or a drug
2: several hundred thousand
1: yep, you're right. It's six digits a year, six digits. How many die of natural remedies a year?
2: I would say nobody
1: nobody now let's let's talk about this because see what happens is most people get into some kind of care after they've gone down the regular medical route, don't they? I mean, and usually, Aaron, isn't it because they've ran out of options? A lot of times it
2: is, yes. They're frustrated. Mm -hmm. Nothing's getting better.
3: Yeah. Right, right,
2: right. People need to become conditioned. They go the alternative or natural way first, like you said. Exactly. That's the paradigm.
3: Yes.
1: Yeah. Perfect. I'm glad you said that because... Where I wanted to go today with the show is, what is alternative medicine? Alternative medicine, the answer, the real answer, is allopathic medicine. Mm -hmm. That's alternative medicine. And here's a couple reasons why. Here's a real simple reason. Aaron, most drugs have a side effect. If you take blood pressure medicine, it takes out your potassium and you get cramps. You can have a heart attack because you're losing your minerals and your potassium pump's going to crash and you're going to have a heart attack on blood pressure medicine. You could take a statin, have same, similar problems. You could take Lipitor and it takes out all the CoQ10 in your heart and you could have a heart attack. I mean, drugs have deadly side effects. Now, most people go, I'm really scared to. Try alternative. You know why? Because their mind is still in what I call alternative medicine or allopathic medicine.
3: And I was the scared.
2: same way. I was the same way, Doc. I worked well, in me allopathic you... medicine. Sure. I believed I believed the chemicals they made, I even called them pharmaceuticals, I, I believed that was the only way. I thought natural medicine, herbals, botanicals, homeopathics, I thought all I thought, oh, that was quackery. I thought, oh, that stuff well,
1: didn't work. Uh, well, I knew this was—I uh, knew weeks ago this was the first show and the topic for the return of the show we needed to get into, because redefining our attitude toward all alternatives to the pharmaceutical industry is important, and it even goes to the extent that a lot of times people have tried things and they had bad experiences. And those bad experiences were bad. (laughs) You know, they might have had a heart attack. You know, they might have, you know. And what I want most people to understand is that in alternative medicine, when's the last time somebody died of a massage therapy session? You know, when's the last time somebody died of a botanical? Now, let's talk about Herbalists. Let's talk about side effects. A lot of people say there's no side effects. There are, too. There are, did you know there's a side effect to water? Yep. Water. You can have too much water. That's right. And there's, a, and there's a side effect. Now, most people understand this really well. Vitamin C is not going to kill you. <laughs> no. You know, it, the side effect of vitamin C isn't death. Um, since vitamin C will give you diarrhea. <laughs> you diarrhea, uh-huh, yeah. yeah. you get too yeah. much of it. And that's called bowel tolerance, and then you back off a little bit. But there won't be any residual-lasting vitamin C side effects. And
2: Occasion- it might clean be out real
1: good. <laughs> that's true. Occasionally, you'll get people that are, like, allergic to corn. And if you have a corn-based vitamin C... They might break out. So you have to ask them, and that's why it's not cookbook medicine. Even when you're dealing allopath- or naturopathically, because if somebody has an allergy to corn, there's a cherry-based vitamin C that you can get, and then you won't have to worry about the reaction. Here's the, th- here's the thing, Aaron. People come into alternatives for, uh, to drugs, and I don't like to say alternatives. Let's just say drugless therapies with the same mindset that they carried into or from allopathic medicine they have the same concerns and they shouldn't they have the same uh, worries and maybe it's because they're there at this allop- uh, at the naturopathic clinic because the allopaths are, 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 are have failed right right do, do you know do you know what the uh, when you go out of the country and go to a, Mex- a clinic in Mexico or Switzerland like a Paracelsus clinic and so forth, do you know what the cure rate for cancer is at these clinics?
2: I'm going
1: to guess 90%. It's 86%. You're pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah. Do you know how far along most of them were when they went? Do you think they called these clinics up um, right I'm the I'm going to guess,
2: no they're probably waiting until they're like at a stage four.
1: You're pretty close. They are either at three or they're at four. In other words, they've tried everything else and they failed.
2: And they're dying. <laughs> That's it.
1: So so imagine imagine that rate of in the eighties. Let's just say it was fifty percent successful. Imagine how much better it would have been had they come before all that other stuff right? Because when is the last time you've ever heard that chemotherapy is good for you? <laughs> you know, um, it's going to make... Yeah. See, when you understand that chemotherapy kills cells off, here's what they're doing, folks, with chemotherapy. Aaron, you know this. Chemotherapy therapy starts killing off cells. All of them. All cells in your body. Do you know what the goal is? It's to stop Killing the person with this poison, but not before the cancer is gone. But after the cancer is gone, but before the person's dead. In other I'll, words, I want to
2: give you another good one, Doc. I want to give you another <laughs> good one that most people don't okay. know about. In veterinary medicine, I was a—I'm a retired registered veterinary technician. I did that for 25 years. In veterinary medicine, dogs. There's a mosquito bites a dog they can develop heartworm disease. Heartworms are actually worms that live in the pulmonary arteries and the ventricles of the heart. They can be, I don't know, five to eight inches long They look like spaghetti. These are long little critters. It'll get to the point where it'll kill the dog. It occludes, those, it occludes everything. I mean, I have done necropsies, which is an autopsy, but a necropsy on an animal where you open up the heart and it's the ventricles are chock full of these worms. Okay, So heartworm disease can be... Pr- It's life-threatening if you don't treat it. Now, the earliest stages of treatment for heartworm disease in dogs was an IV solution called caparsolate. Now, caparsolate was an arsenic derivative. So you're injecting the dogs with arsenic because it will kill the worms. And once again, you're hoping it you, – you're poisoning the dog to kill the worms, but you're hoping to catch it before the dog croaks.
1: Exactly. Okay? Right.
2: That, that's thats what it's done. I mean, they've changed that around mm-hmm. now. Now we had before before I left veterinary medicine, what, five or six years ago, they had a new drug called uh, – I can't remember the name of it. I'm going to say ameticide, but don't quote me on that one. It's been too long. But partially, I remember thinking when I was doing that – and let me tell you what. If you got it out of the vein, if you didn't didn't – Inject the area with saline solution, that area around the vein w- would become It'd necrotic be or the tissue would die. Yes.
3: It and would, you would have be destroyed, yes. And you this
2: huge, yeah. nasty, mm-hmm. massive stuff you had to deal with. Caparcellate sure. was a nasty, nasty drug. I liken it close to chemotherapy. Now, well, I didn't have to use gloves yeah. when I injected it, but it's a nasty stuff. And you you kill the patient almost. You bring them almost literally to the point that their livers, their kidneys, everything's shutting down.
1: It's incredible, isn't it?
2: And then you hope to build them back up. Yes. It's well, ridiculous, that's exactly what it is.
1: That's exactly what chemotherapy is. Now, here's what they do they make sure that this is a patented poison so that only doctors can get it, and then they charge an extraordinarily. Um, uh, do you know what the profit from the pharmaceuticals are on chemotherapy drugs?
2: What? No, well, and, no, I don't know the exact. Price. It's a lot.
1: Ten thousand percent. Yes. Do you think they've they got make a little hundreds lower of thousands
2: their- of dollars per chemotherapy patient in profit?
1: Well, so they charge this horrible amount that only costs them pennies to make. We we have extortion going. We. All they do is go get
2: Drano and can it, or bottle it, and inject Drano. I mean,
1: it's
3: cheap, right?
1: That's right. That's right. So what we've got is an industry that has, first of all, scared everybody into thinking that cancer will kill you tomorrow if you don't do something today, right? And that fear is exactly what they wanted. Now, folks, I know, because before I went back to school I was a volunteer for the company that I was at. as a big, very large communication company. I, when I left, there was 85,000. But I went back to school to be a doctor. And I represented this company, this corporation, at the American Cancer Society. I know what went on. I mean, I had a vice president, Aaron, tell me, we have no plans to cure cancer. Nope. Uh, I was pretty distraught, and here's what drove me into uh, doing this kind of work and getting me started, and this might be helpful for those that don't know who I am. I lost all of my family, all my aunts, my uncles, my grandparents, everybody, to cancer. I counted up one time, I think it was over 15 people. Everybody died. I can remember going constantly to to funerals starting at about when I was six. Everybody died, and then I got it. But I lived, but I didn't go through chemotherapy and so forth. Now, a lot of people say, you're a naturopathic doctor. Why did you get cancer? And they get real judgmental. Well, how about the fact that if I'm the only one out of 15, all of my family got cancer, I was probably what's called predisposed. I was at risk already genetically. And there right. are reasons like that. You have reasons that are contaminant oriented. In other words, you may not be predisposed, but get exposed to the right elements. you're going to get cancer like uh, radiation, you know stuff like that. And some right. people are just genetically predisposed and you have to, you have to have a, you spend a lifetime in you know, preventing. So there are answers to this, and they don't come in the pharmaceutical uh, world. The worst thing that you're going to have, Aaron, when you get into uh, naturopathic, you've got homeopathics, you've got supplements, you've got uh, botanicals in all their forms, and they have begun to improve those remedies As you and I were talking earlier, not all vitamin C's are equal. Not all. (laughs) I won't even mention that product you were talking about. They're not all safe. I mean, some of them are just mass marketed junk. That's all they are. So it takes people that are trained in the arena to actually get you what you need however most of them that uh, aren't all that good um, most of the it, it's it's almost criminal there's some out there that are literally almost a criminal that actually put dangerous stuff in remedies those people need to go to jail
2: right they do
1: but most of them Aaron just uh, they might say this is a mineral complex, and there's hardly anything to it. Or if they're talking about a botanical, they don't understand. There's five grades. There's the A grade to the D grade. The D grade to be in this D barrel. If you ship, if you like, ask for ginseng, and it gets shipped to your laboratory. They assay it first. First, they quarantine it, put it in a room by itself, and isolate it. Then they take a lab uh, a technician goes out and takes a sample and then they go test it and they test it for tostin they, t- <laughs> they test it for toxins they don't tox it for okay. testins. <laughs>
2: yeah there you okay yes okay well, so oh, yeah. um,
1: okay. <laughs> and 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 then they test it for potency if they don't if in each each company that makes stuff they have their own uh quality uh control some don't care okay so they just say i don't care if it's just if you can sell it to me and you can literally say i'm getting ginseng i trust you and they just make stuff with it they don't actually test it but to get like in the botanical world uh they have five levels and so the D grade. let's say you get a, a shipment that's fresh and it goes out to a company but it just wasn't uh, a good quality product to start with because it didn't maybe have enough nutrients or it was under produced or uh, and, you know it was in bad soil something happened okay and they cut it and so the company is going to reject it well they'll put it back out there and they'll pick it up indiana by the way indiana botanicals <laughs> is one of those companies and and they'll send it to another lab and they keep this barrel going to different supply uh, to, uh, to laboratories that make like bottle up uh, herbals until somebody will take it. Well, guess what? That barrel could be shipped around for five years. Did you know that?
2: Geez. No
1: Well, so what happens is if you get a degrade barrel, that'll end up in pretty soon these companies that actually, like Indiana, they know where to send bad products to. Those usually end up in the bottles that show up in Walmart and Walgreens. Walmart, (laughs) yeah. yeah. In
3: those
1: those places. Now, here's the deal with them most of the time. Mostly, they're not what you would call toxic or dangerous. They just don't work. No, you might as well
2: just swallow an empty capsule.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. And and
1: everybody goes there and says, I tried that, it don't work. You know, like, oh, I tried... uh, You know, uh, even supplements like Sammy, they can be poor quality products, you know, or they'll go try something uh, for the prostate or they'll go try something for their hormones and they got it from Walmart, it doesn't work. You know, I don't know how many people that would buy and get a product from me um, and I would put them on, say, an allergy protocol. And then they would go to Walmart shopping for groceries and then they would be about out of their stuff, okay? Maybe it was just one name of one herb, okay? By the way, the fi- the grade D barrel has to be five years old, and it has to have 25% dirt in it. They call it inert, inert ingredients. I
2: like so the inert it, ingredients, yes.
1: So it could be like dirt, grasshopper legs, you know, that kind of So 25% of that barrel is not even ginseng or whatever, the botanical. Well, anyway, this person was in Walmart, and they were about out of their uh, – it was one botanical, so it was easy to find. You know, it was like uh, white willow or, you know, something like that. And I can't willow remember. Willow
3: bark
2: or something, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they saw it there at Walmart, and they picked it up because, guess what? It was cheaper. Well, finally, she went shopping for everything and got them all replaced, and she came in one day. Her nose was red. Her eyes were running she was feeling like crud, and she said, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I got all my stuff replaced, and I thought I could get it cheaper, but it ain't working." I said, "I told you not to do that. I told, I tell people, it's they're not all equal. You might have that's a like slick. what is it,
2: condroitin, condroitin and MSM.
1: Sure, it's the same mm-hmm. thing with
2: that. You can go buy cheaper stuff. You can."
1: Right, and that's and it not, doesn't work. And that yes, and that's not even a botanical. So the same thing can happen with supplements like chondroitin, uh, glucosamine, you know, uh, uh, CoQ10. All these other kind of supplements that aren't botanicals, uh, they have that same problem too. There's cheaper and better. There's a lot to it, folks. It takes more effort to be a naturopath than it ever did to be a doctor of allopathic medicine. I'm going to tell you. I had an MD that I ran into in some of my postdoctoral training. He says it's harder to be a just a homeopath. It's harder to be a homeopath than it is to be an MD. I mean, when you go to the doctor and you get sick, what's he do?
2: And I'm going to start taking these classes? Am I stupid? <laughs>
1: Tell them what you're going to do. Tell them what you're going to do, and let's talk about this.
2: Well, I'm going to work on getting my uh, naturopathic doctorate as well.
1: Tell them why, though. Tell them why. Tell them why? Well, sure. God, there's so you many just reasons. Love being, you just loved being a vet tech, didn't you? I mean, no. What happened I, I enjoyed your...
2: helping the animals, or thinking I was helping the animals, yes. Um, but then when you realize, oh, <laughs> Oh wait, wait! I'm killing them. Um, I'm subjecting them to a lifetime. I know they're gonna have arthritis, ear problems, liver problems, kidney shut down. Yeah, I'm doing a great job helping. Well, if I go through, I can help people. I can carry that over to the animals. I can kind of do it all. And that's why here's a, here's
1: I'm, tired nice of, thing. I'm tired of.
2: I'm tired, of like my mom, Doc. Here's one of them. I'm tired of my mom, who is 73, vibrant alive. She's busy. She she runs and does more than I do. She has a few issues. She's she tries to stay off of pharmaceuticals totally. She doesn't want to do that. She Mm -hmm. wants a natural approach, like the red yeast for cholesterol. Okay, Um, we got to get that for mom. By the way, anyway, um, (laughs) she needs. She has some a little bit of arthritis in her knee. We've got to work on that. Uh, She wants the natural approach. If I know what I'm doing, I don't have to call bug doc all the time either. If I'm trained to do this, I can help not only my family and my friends, but I can help other people.
1: Well, here's the paradigm shift that's that's, uh, been happening. We've had the two paths in chemistry. We've had the natural and the pharmaceutical. They Mm -hmm. can't make people not have access to botanicals because they are not considered a drug. Okay, mm-hmm. and since that's the case, that's why you have access to the foods. In 1994, there was a big fight. They were going to make you have to go to the doctor just to get like vitamin C.
2: And it would have been the bottom of the barrel vitamin C, by the way.
1: And it would have would not have been more than say 60 milligrams. Now, how much do you take of vitamin C? Well, when you get sick, you might do 20, 30. Milligrams, thousand milligrams a day.
2: Yeah, I say with sixty milligrams, <laughs> you might as well go eat a few leaves or pine needles or something. I mean,
1: that's right. So what happens is we have this path about ready to kind of do something else. This this parallel path to the drug industry in this paradigm, in this era of what we call chemistry, where yes, people that do. F- uh, laboratory work with botanicals and supplements—they do chemistry. They look at the chemistry of the natural and find out what is it about it that makes it do what you want. Take for example, what is the active ingredient of garlic? You know, what is the active part of it that makes garlic do what it does? It's called allicin.
3: Mm-hmm, that's
1: right. Well, <clears throat> that's common. That's exactly what botanicals have. Botanicals have some part of their um, natural, you know, um, development. They have concentrated some kind of active ingredient. Now, what's interesting about botanicals is there are some categories of botanicals called tonics, and they're the highest level of, of, of botanical medicine or, or herbalist. That would call those the, the, you know, there's about ten of them. And uh, they do more than one thing. In other words, they might work on inflammation while they also help with digestion. And, hey, maybe they even help with nerves, you know. <laughs> so they might do more than one system in the body. They might work on several, and those are called tonics but there are only about 10 of those. And so if you get into the alternative arena, because it's not drug controlled and because most of the time practitioners uh, that you run into, everybody thinks they can buy a book at the health food store, go home, read it, and now they're an expert. Or they get a hold of some company that sells a whole bunch of stuff and they're starting to train them on what to use and they think they're now an expert. What they don't understand is it's more complicated than that. It's more complicated. Two reasons. Botanical medicine has to be understood. How it works, why it works, so forth. And it's not cookbook medicine. And those classes would only be the beginning of it. But what we really need to start doing is seeing this paradigm shift now become that I'm trying to head into here and talk about that is coming, has been pushed by Obamacare, and that is finally, Aaron, finally, I think people are going to start going to nature paths and uh, alternative practitioners, as they're called, I call them drugless therapists, first, they're going to go there first. Do you know what drove people to go to their doctor that's an MD and an allopath? Why do you think they went there first instead of the nature path? Why do you think?
3: I it's think practical. there were a lot of
2: hucksters out there. It was practical. <clears throat> well, it, no, no, there's they, a practical they, well, it, reason. It was all by design. I mean, they, they pushed everybody to that.
1: Okay, I, I, I'll tell you what the, the, how they managed to do it because of insurance coverage. Well, I had insurance to go there coverage.
2: Because, and what was the name of that? What was the name of that?
1: Well, they went to their doctors because it was covered by their insurance.
3: Mm-hmm. I can't
1: afford to go because I only have a ten dollar copay to go. Okay, well, go to your, you know, uh, purveyor of dangerous drugs and get help. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm.
1: but guess what's happening because the paradigm is about ready to change people are going to start going to alternative as they call it as I keep saying that because I want everybody to say drugless therapy and the reason why it's about ready to change is because of this wonderful this is the opportunity this industry of real health care has needed for a long time and that's some kind of shot in the arm and a good reason to be Actually, where it should be, and that is something called Obamacare. <laughs>
3: it
2: is, it is. Now, dog, to be the pessimist here, mm-hmm. what, what is what is going to be the outcome as they roll out more and more Codex alimentarius, and they shut down? You
1: got cut out, the out there. All I heard was, I didn't hear you. You got cut off. You only, okay. I only heard. A Codex Alimentarius. Go ahead, say it again.
2: As they roll, as they roll that Codex Alimentarius out in the United States, what's going to? How how are the natural nature paths going to be able to? Are they still going to be able to use botanicals, herbals, that kind of thing?
1: What's going to happen um, as they roll out this thing? Uh, why don't you tell people you know what al- you know what Codex is? Explain it to them first, and then we'll talk about it.
2: Well, Codex Alimentarius is already in parts of Canada, and I know for sure it's in Austria. And basically, mm-hmm. as Doc mentioned earlier, it's, to, it's total control of your physical body by the corporate government. Uh, the, you won't be able to go to a health food store and buy that bottle of vitamin C. You'll have to go through your medical doctor. That's what their goal is, to totally mm-hmm. control everything
1: right. That's exactly right. Then they're going to have total control of the doctor. So guess what? The government. Do you trust the government? Do you trust the government?
2: (laughs) The government? No.
1: See, we can't... Your health practitioner knows you the best. They really should be the last, so to speak, advisor. But see, allopathic doctors get in to do what I tell you and quit asking questions. Nature paths have a different perspective. They want to be advisors. And uh, to be an advisor, they give their best shot and answer to the problem, but it's ultimately the responsibility of the person that's sick to make the la- the last call. In other words, they respect the person.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And we can talk about that for uh, numerous reasons later. It could be an entire show, but uh, what ends up happening is with uh, Obamacare, uh, they're pulling in this new thing called uh, Codex. We just call it Codex for short. And what it's going to do is exactly what she said, and it's going to take your ability... The goal was to keep you out of uh, access to all these because they didn't want anybody to have access to them. Aaron, the real story is: one time, somebody went out that had access to uh, Brigham Tea, which was a. It comes in several names. It's not a. It's an herbal that was uh, dong quai. It, it had a a Chinese name and an American name and so forth, and it's not available anymore because they went to court with it. (laughs)
3: Okay. Of course. Uh,
1: They went to court because a lady who already had heart problems was going to go out and do golf. And so she took, uh, instead of taking her heart medicine because she was um, having problems that day, she took a whole bunch of this stimulant. So she'd have energy. Okay. And she got extremely hot. She her temperature went up to something like 102 uh, on the golf course, and she fell over dead. They blamed it on the stimulant, but actually, it wouldn't have probably ever killed her if she hadn't got overheated and uh, and been doing what she needed to as a person that had a heart problem. She'd already had a heart attack.
2: Well, you have a heart problem. You probably shouldn't be taking the stimulant. I'm just saying.
1: Well, it's it's kind of like a cup like of this.
2: coffee. It'd probably be about as yeah, risky I, as I would go in that condition. Exactly. You
1: know? you know, if you have that kind of problem, you don't even drink tea. You don't drink coffee. It has nothing to do with the fact coffee's bad. It has to do with your condition. So we. she well,
2: could have drank two monster drinks and killed over dead. They're not sure.
1: Out. Sure. Yeah. Or well, she could have drank. Uh, gotten a starbucks coffee which actually adds caffeine to their coffee uh, that would have done Mm -hmm. even more you know the problem is that's the only case of a death in anybody at all ever claiming that it was a herbal that did it right now the only other way to die of an herbal would be if some criminal came in and got your supplements out and crammed them down your throat and and didn't let you swallow them and choke you to death or something. I don't know, <laughs> but you well, know Well, there's anything... always
2: the, there's always the talk on the internet too about people that take too much of the nano silver, the colloidal silver, and they turn blue. They they become oompa loompas kind of. Um, yes, yes. once again, there's the moderation in all things. <laughs> don't drink a gallon of it a day, and you'll probably be okay.
1: Yeah, and so even even the foods that we have. Uh, hey, we're not supposed to overindulge in anything. And that's where we started off today was, you know, water can be a problem. Water itself, yes, there is a side effect to everything, but rarely are the side effects so bad that you have to be constantly concerned with a natural remedy being a problem. It just does not happen.
2: Well, when I take the natural supplements, I don't have to worry mm -hmm. about becoming suicidal or becoming sociopathic and killing everybody that's not on right. my list of things irre- to worry
1: about. Right, right, exactly. You don't have to worry about irreparable damage or any of
3: that kind of thing.
2: No, there's nothing, and it, they don't make you feel weird. That, that's one thing I do appreciate. They don't make you feel weird. They may mm. not taste real good going down. <laughs> there's, a, there's a particular antibiotic that I was on for Lyme disease called biaxin, now, it's an antibiotic pill that you take. It's a horse pill that you take once every 24 hours. hmm. But you taste it the whole 24 hours. It's in your tears. It's in your mucus, oh, It's
1: in your saliva. Oh, yeah, yeah. I bet it's nasty.
2: Oh, my gosh. It's horrible. Now, I was also on quinine. The side oh. effects of quinine. I was on quinine for two weeks. And the side that's, effects to that,
3: that's you heavy.
2: can't. You lose your, it is. You lose your hearing. Two weeks I was deaf, Uh, plus you feel really bad. It's very scary. Uh, Those are just some of the minor side effects I had to deal with when I was actively involved in allopathic medicine. You listen to the side effects on the commercials on TV if you watch TV. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's one that drives me absolutely crazy. I don't know who names these pharmaceuticals. It must be some kind of second grader that's just totally out there. Latuda. Who names a drug Latuda?
3: It really—it's—it's
2: it's one of—it drives me crazy. I know it's stupid, but that's the one that drives me crazy. Or abilify, um, oh. and then there's that one—that new sleep drug. What's um? Uh, they're having so many problems with it too, and I can't remember the name of it. Not abilify. It's—it's a sleep drug. It's to help you sleep.
3: <laughs>
2: to me, when I watched the first commercial, to me it was just struck me as something so. There was an evilness to it. It was – maybe I was picking up some kind of frequency for the name. I don't know. But it was so evil, and now they're having trouble with it. But I just can't think of the name of it. Um, And who wants to put that in their bodies?
1: (laughs) That's right. Aaron, let's take a break. I'm going to get me a drink of water, and uh, we're going to continue this conversation. And today's topic is, you know, what is alternative medicine? And so today Aaron and I are having a conversation about this whole world, and we've got a lot yet to talk about, Aaron, that I want to cover. We're going to talk about uh, homeopathics, therapies, what is it that you do in alternative health, what are the... And so, you know, we're just going to have a nice little conversation here today about... uh, And and Aaron's been kind enough to come on and uh, do this conversation with me, and uh, we'll be back with you uh, shortly. And uh, Aaron... What do you want, a couple minutes?
2: Yeah, that's fine. Sounds good. All
1: right. Be back in a couple okay. minutes. Bye-bye. You're listening to Simply Your Health. My name is Dr. John Waterman. My guest today is Aaron Dakin's glad you're here. Our topic today
2: I thought you were recording.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Our topic today is uh, <laughs> is what is alternative health? Hey, you know, we're, um, the paradigm shift is about ready to occur. <clears throat> it's in the process right now. What is alternative health? Well, it's going to be allopathic medicine that's going to be alternative health as it should be. We should have practitioners that we can trust and go to that knows. And, of course, you know, just like doctors, allopathic doctors, not all alternative practitioners are equal. (laughs) They are different. Some are more skilled. Some are less skilled. Some do different things, you know. Um, You know, Aaron, you might go to a massage therapist, but that doesn't mean they know how to do acupuncture, right? Right. what what's your idea of uh, what's your idea what's your goal? You, Aaron is by the way um, joining me today and is well tell him what you're going to do, tell him what your plans are.
2: <clears throat> well, I'm going to go to get the ND, which is naturopathic doctor. Uh, so that's my goal. Actually,
1: first what's all, your what do you plan, us, but... what's your goal? What's your goal with the, once you've accomplished that? What do you uh, what's your concept, I guess I'm saying, of what is it that okay. a nature path? what is it that they do that attracts you?
2: It helps people in a natural way that doesn't harm them in any way. Uh, it's almost like a... I don't want to say life coach. they may mm-hmm. sound trite. It's almost like a life coach on steroids. I mean, it's, it's helping people make better decisions. It's helping people mm-hmm. treat problems and do it... I look at it as the way... Doing it the way with the, these things that the Creator made for us to treat these problems, He knew okay. we would have these health issues because He's all knowing, so He gave us things that are here in order to do that.
1: A nature path of the 21st century is a little different, probably, than the nature path of the 19 around 1900. You know, they're different because of their knowledge, their understanding. And uh, so, hey, the point that I'm getting at is that um, a nature path, yeah, they do these remedies, and uh, uh, there's a variety of paths they can take. It's not unlike being uh, like an herbalist, you know. If you've got a good herbalist, you really have a. If you have a like a master herbalist around you, or somebody that really is good in herbology. Mm-hmm. Uh, You really have a a little jewel there that you can access. I think we could say that a nature path which does do herbology is just one of those kind of practitioners that's like that, only they're more comprehensive. They they cover more uh, of the field. They don't just stick to one thing. It would be kind of like going to a general practitioner or a family doctor as opposed to say, a brain surgeon, (laughs) you know, just does brain surgery, or heart surgery or something like that, or surgery, you know, because not all doctors even know how to do surgery. I mean, come on. An internist? Would you want an internist doing surgery for onion? No, you don't want a guy that uh, isn't in, no, no, uh uh-uh. Well, so let's start breaking down alternative medicine. What? What is it that you see most people are expecting when they go to into what? By the way, we're going to move our language now away from alternative medicine. And if you've missed us, the first hour we kind of, you'll have to go into the first hour and get this, but <laughs> um, alternative medicine shouldn't be the nature path, the herbalist, so forth, or those practitioners, um, it should be the doctor, the MD. They should be the alternative. So what we're saying today on this show is that, hey, um, alternative medicine, let's now shift our thoughts. And in this show, you're going to be hearing me in that reference. that You may have learned it as alternative. We're going to start talking about drugless therapy. People could understand it. They may not know what it all includes, they don't understand that it's, you know, got this and 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 this, but they know that it doesn't mean, it means they're not going to use drugs. So they've kind of got the clue. Because when you say alternative medicine, some people think of uh, that bohemian hippie down the street that goes in and gets bulk herbs and boils Mm -hmm. it on their stove. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, and maybe they ran into a person that wasn't very good at it either, and uh, they've been poisoned, so to speak, with the approach that alternatives in their mind are. So drugless therapist. tell me uh, as we now move into this thing, what would you like Nature Paths to be able to do? What well, If you were wanting to go to one, what do you think they ought to be able to do?
2: Goodness, Doc. Um, well, I would like to see the nature path do a thorough assessment on the whole body. Okay. You know, when you go into an allopathic or an MD, you're mm-hmm. going in for. Gosh, my elbow hurts. Why is my mm-hmm. elbow hurt? What's going mm-hmm. on? Pain's killing me. Go in. Oh, you got a little bit of bursitis or arthritis or you know some kind of itis, right? <laughs> so. Right. We'll put you on a little bit of Celebrex and uh, you'll be fine, okay? (laughs) Um, They didn't take into account that if it's arthritis, there may be something going on with your immune system, okay? They don't look at the whole body is my point. They look at the one area you're going in and complaining about. That's your symptom. Now, a little bit different in veterinary medicine because we were taught on signs, okay? Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, a symptom is something a human can tell the doctor, my elbow hurts. When, when you bring a pet into a clinic, that dog's not going to say, hey, by the way, you know, it, it's my shoulder that hurts up here. It's my right one, you know, fix it, okay? <laughs> we, you have to work through and do a – you have to do a hands-on assessment. I mean, you've got to go through all this.
3: You I have don't to think read the body without talking to him. yeah.
2: You do. You have to even watch the, the posture of the body, how the dog reacts when you palpate. Palpate just means to touch or to feel. Uh, that kind of thing uh, body you know motion movement movement of that, that particular joint or that limb um, you're kind of a little, on it with you're,
1: a... you're cutting out a little bit erin i don't know why i but...
2: hate these phones well you got to check the gate there's all those things that you do as an assessment but when you go to an allopathic doctor now they're so busy you go in for your problem in your elbow and that's about all that gets done they don't take the time with you uh, to really examine the whole body and what's going on, what caused this problem. And I think that's where the nature right. paths are different. They assess the whole body, what's going on. If you spend the time and really – I'm going to give you an example, Doc. There was a gentleman that had a golden retriever. Loved this dog. Sweetest dog ever. Kept having these the, where he would just chew on his feet and dig and chew and dig and chew. And this guy, money was not an option. You know, we'd been to vets, they'd, we'd done cortisone, and we'd done you know, antibiotics, cortisone, it blah, everything was done. He was getting to the point that it was so bad, the dog's name was C.K. He was getting so bad with C.K., and I'm really just, I'm racking my brain thinking, there's something weird going on with this dog. I don't understand it myself. I mean, he would chew on his feet so bad that the fur turned brown. That's from the saliva staining their fur. It was almost all-encompassing this dog. Wow. I just pondered it, and I, and I called him one day out of the blue, and I and I said, "You take him to getting groomed," and he actually took the dog once a month to get groomed. I said, and I didn't have the dog there with me at the time to look. Then I had never really paid attention, and neither had the veterinarian. And I said, "When they groom him, do they shave his feet? A lot of times, their groomer will take the clipper blades and run it in between the pads of the toes because some of them have really hairy toes, and mm-hmm. you know, like ice will accumulate in it." Okay. So he had his toes shaved all the time. I said, "Humor me before you put him down. Don't, don't, don't have him shave his feet at all. They can cut the hair a little bit on the sides, okay? But don't have him mess with the pads of his feet at all. Don't shave it at all. Guess what? Cured the problem. <laughs> that that's part of I think what nature paths do. Sometimes you have to look for the zebra in the horse pasture. <laughs> You do. you do. Sometimes you do, because it's so, it's so quirky. It, it, and, and I think that's the way it is with people. I'm not a nature path. I'm just a vet tech. But there's people that have come to me and said, I've been to the doctor for this and this and this, and I'll say, I don't think that's your problem. And I don't know anything. I'm just going on an intuition level, and I want to be able to fine-tune that. But mm-hmm. nature paths spend the time with the whole body of the person. I'm not saying anything bad about people, but sometimes people bring these illnesses on themselves. Okay, and I think people need to fine-tune a little bit to figure out what's really going on. It's like I, I mean, people are having problems, but they don't know what they are. They're looking at the surface of the pond. They're not looking at what, what the wave action is down beneath, where it ebbs and it flows, and there's eddies and there's currents. Sometimes you've got to look beneath the surface a little bit, and I think that's what nature paths do.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: mm-hmm.
1: Unfortunately, uh, most people don't let... The nature path unleash the power within the ability of the nature path. You know, and it's because of their approach they had earlier in life Mm -hmm. with the medical industry. They go in, like you say, Oh my elbow hurts. They even become they even have blinders. They think it's automatons.
2: They're automatons. Yeah, they're automatons.
1: That's yeah, there you go. And they and don't that realize. And that's why it's
2: got to change.
1: Mm-hmm. It Doesn't has to and, change. It has. The paradigm shift can't be in the industry. It has to be in the people. The, yeah. a, the attitude is, you know, uh, I have a problem with my elbow. They need to humor the nature path. If they will unleash it, well, they go, well, I can't afford the nature path. You know, sometimes you can't afford not to use the entire ability of a nature path. And meaning in a good nature path, he won't want to not just leave you with one issue. But so many times, you know, uh, in the industry, it's just kind of a shame. I can't afford to do all this. So they think it's going to be this horrendous, expensive process because insurance isn't there. Okay?
2: Well, it's true. But here's another way to look at it, Doc. And MDs -hmm. don't do this. <clears throat> I did this for my patients in the veterinary clinic. I can't afford all of that. Okay, then this is what we need to do, and this is how you stage it, is what I'm saying. Listen, we'll start here. We'll work through this. When we we'll want move on to the next. You can state. There's a solution to every problem. You just have to find it.
1: Well, the problem oftentimes is, like you say, humor the humor, like you were saying, hey, humor me. Don't get those cut the answer might be more than just, hey, I have this problem. What have you got to fix it? You know, that's the allopathic training that people in the world have gotten because that's how the medical industry's taught them to behave. I've got this, fix this, when it might be that they're, you know, needing to get a haircut. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> something exactly, really, exactly. you know, something exactly. strange, you know, uh, something really bizarre. Unfortunately, you know, uh, oftentimes, by the way, uh, you can eliminate the the barrier to the expense, particularly on the service end. Say, for example, if somebody's coming, Aaron, and they need to get more comprehensive help or maybe a longer appointment.
3: Mhm.
1: I always mm-hmm. <clears throat> want. People that come to me to know that, hey, my service isn't going to cost me anything except my time. But I'm willing to work with people that can't afford my time if they can only pay twenty dollars. I want it, I mean, I can't afford to give it away at twenty dollars all the time. Say, for example, but let's say they can pay them twenty this month, twenty next month, twenty the next. You know, and yes, I think that's working. Think,
2: that's working it out. That's providing a solution sure. to the problem.
1: Sure. Okay. What we what the the goal is is get the doctor unleashed. Don't 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 lock him down because you don't want to have any costs there. And say I want I want five minutes of your time. <laughs> That's impossible. That it just hey you know it's shooting in the dark so to speak. And uh, people you know, the more, are not
2: used to a naturopathic approach. That's it. I'm used to going into the doctor's office. My elbow hurts. Simple. Okay. Right. Maybe an X ray okay they're, well, used they're used to, to that. that straightforward yeah, cookbook yeah. medicine approach Naturopathic mm-hmm. medicine when you look at the whole body what's really at the root you know you haven't been in a car accident you don't play tennis okay you haven't changed anything you don't work in lifting you're not you know you don't work in a warehouse or stocking shelves what led to this problem how long has this gone on when did th- this first start do you remember um, is there swelling? Is there heat in the area? Is it red? Is it irritating? Do you have full range of motion? They're not used to somebody sitting down and spending five minutes just asking some, some questions. So where did this begin? Where is this issue coming from? Is this something where we've got inflammation in that joint due to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. your immune system? Wow, you got two flu, you got a flu shot and a pneumonia shot last year. Okay. So, did those vaccinations somehow lower your immune system enough that now you have an infection and inflammation in that joint? They've, you almost have to become a detective, and that comes with questions and answers. And NaturePaths, I know Doc, I, we've used Doc's services. He knows some of the questions to ask. You're a detective.
1: So we have other tools too that you know are like lab oriented and that we can get that actually go to special labs. not we may send a person you know of course, to um, get their dro- blood drawn at LabCorp all over the country, but but when we get that report, we actually send it to a different kind of functional laboratory for for a report and they might that one page that blows our mind away because that one page report that the, medical doctor tells and shows them, ends up becoming 25 pages from our labs. So we have a different approach because it's much more comprehensive. But um, alternative medicine isn't cookbook. So the thing to expect is what is alternative or what is drugless therapy? First of all, it's not a five-minute in- interaction with the doctor and you're out the door. That's that's the first thing to Remember, it's, it involves a, a very in-depth analysis of the background. So histories, health histories are histories very, are very helpful. Yes. Mm-hmm. So and let me your kind history of give
2: you... is different than a history when you go to your doctor. When you go to your doctor, they want to know, do you have any allergies? Does your family have a history of cardiomyopathy or something? I mean, their their history is not a history. Their history is who's your insurance carrier, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. <laughs>
1: I had a guy that had he had developed over the years a uh, a a worse and worse problem with his stomach but he didn't come to me, you know, early in that. He came to me late, uh nearly ready to retire and uh, said I've had stomach problems for years. <clears throat> so I looked at his history. The guy only did well, what he did was he worked in a warehouse. He he uh you know, did the um you know those uh, warehouse uh, trucks that lift up the big pallets.
2: Mm-hmm. A skid loader. And,
1: yeah, he drove one of those. That was his his career. He did that. That's what he okay. did. And he did it okay. in an underground cave in one of those. You know, uh, that's been a well was probably a rock quarry first. Okay. Well, he had stomach problems. I couldn't figure him. I I couldn't figure it out. So I just kind of backed up. I looked at his history and I said, how, how long have you been working in this this warehouse? He said, 30 years. <laughs> he Thirty years. He was getting years. ready to retire. Yeah. And well, I, I go a rock he inhaling. Are you are you underground? He said, Yes. I go, hmm. So I put him on a a, a thing. I said, This is gonna I, it's just for my information. And it didn't charge. usually it costs like a couple hundred dollars. But I did this uh body scan on him. And up pops something called geopathic stress.
3: Okay.
1: And I go, why didn't I realize this? See, he was in the he was in the earth, okay, and he was so to speak underground all these mm-hmm. years. His body became kind of uh, electrically.
2: He was uh, aligned with the Schumann resonance. Did
1: well. He got electrically. Out of balance because basically, he didn't know his body didn't know which way was up, which way was down. (laughs)
2: Yeah, yeah, That's true. That's true. Okay,
1: he, he, you know, because there was earth above him, earth beside him, earth under him. And over a long period of time, this started causing him nausea and stomach problems. What is the first thing that happens when these guys go in space and they do that fall in the airplane where they're weightless for a little bit? What do they say is the first thing you have to get over when you're weightless? Having a nausea. Yeah, you get nauseated. You get stomach. You know, you get kind of, when you start getting weightless, your stomach starts, uh, you you feel like you want to throw up. Yeah. Well, it just dawned on me, the guy was having trouble with his electrical system, orienting himself. We're made to be earth below (laughs) and sky above. Okay, this is a classic naturopathic thinking, you know. So you know what we did? We used 21st century answers. We got some inserts with shoes with magnets on them.
3: Okay.
1: And it fixed the problem.
2: See, it's pretty fixed, simple, it's, pretty simple, but it took detective work, didn't it? It took well, it, it took a free thinker.
3: We had thinker. to, we had to find that the zebra. <laughs> you had to find a zebra.
2: It's yeah. thinking outside the box, and see, allopathic doctors are not trained to think outside of the box. They're in a box. They're in their their pharmaceutical paradigm, their technological paradigm. Of they have X problem, they're going to go get a Y X ray. Okay, um, th- that that's it. Nature paths have to think outside the box. You're using drugs that are. I mean, a non drug. To help, mm-hmm. people, to help people. Yeah, drugless, to help people. So you've got to be a little bit more unconventional in your approach and figuring out what the actual problem is. And that's what I like about it. I, you know me, Doc. I always like the hunt. It's the hunt. Uh,
3: <laughs> so it's
2: hunting to try to figure it out. It, it, I like when you have to exercise two brain cells instead of just one and try to figure it out because, you know what, the people, the people that you help They're never going to forget that. They're going to be appreciative of the time that's spent with them trying to figure it out when the allopathic doctor blows them off and says they're crazy.
1: Well, how many people have had problems, go to the doctor, they're told they're crazy, and they spend years in agony? You know, there is an answer to it. I went through it myself. Mm -hmm. They almost Mm -hmm.
2: killed my daughter when she was two because they thought mom was the crazy one. I've been yelled at. They almost made her quadriplegic. I'm not the crazy one. She had a fracture. She had fourth and fifth cervical vertebrae that were fractured in her neck, the transverse processes, because she had a tumor. I'm not the crazy one, okay? But if I didn't stay with it, because intuitively I knew there's something wrong with my baby. They tried to tell me at two years old that she was doing it for attention. Over a six-month period. A six-month period, a baby's going to do that? I don't think so. So anyway, you have to stick with it. Part of it all goes back to the people, too, like you talked about, Doc, is changing the paradigm and the way that people think. People, that's the problem. People have got to learn to think for themselves. If you're going to a doctor because your elbow hurts and they put you on Celebrex and then you feel like crap, your elbow may not hurt, but you feel weird otherwise. (laughs) Don't don't just keep doing it. Figure out what's going on.
1: Let's get into let's get into the two different things that uh, you get into with an uh, drugless therapist, and then we'll talk about some of the arenas. Uh, but the two things that happens uh, when you get into this world is just like when you go to the regular allopathic world. There's two categories. There's the assessment part, and then there's the therapy part. Now, the that's about where it stops. <laughs> That's where the yeah. comparison ends, because most of the time you are going to start seeing things you are familiar with in the assessment part. There are going to be things you aren't familiar with in the assessment part. And and the assessments can, and can be huge and varied, uh, depending on the comfort of the practitioner. Not all naturopathic doctors work the same. Not all massage therapists give the same kind of massage. It's kind of like going to get a haircut. And you want your hair cut, and you go to a new barber or beautician, it won't be the same, will it? It always will be a little bit different. Close, but maybe different. And the reason is they have a little different approach. And as varied as you can on haircuts, your hair is going to end up cut. Like if a guy gets his hair cut, their hair is going to get cut. But it's going to be a little different. And it's just the technique style or um, art, as you might want to call it. The healing arts is what we're calling this arena, you know. And it's not having to do with getting the job done, but maybe more along the lines of style. You know, how, what kind of style does the uh, practitioner use to assess you? What techniques are involved? Well, let's talk about some of them. What are, what are some of them that well, you're familiar I'm gonna with? I'm going to let you
2: talk for a minute. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to catch another phone call real quick.
1: You okay. Talk. All right. I'll be right back. One of the things, though, folks, that uh, we were going to talk about, and I'll just go ahead and start listening. When you get into drugless therapies and they're into the assessment phase, uh, there are several things that they're going to do in their assessment, and some are more comprehensive in their assessments than others. But here's some of them that you're going to find they might want to do. Uh, Most of the time they all uh, want to, maybe herbalists don't, but they'll want to take a history. And uh, so they'll want to know anything as far as health problems. You know, what is the existing concerns? What are you you complaining about? Then they're going to probably take your history, and then they're going to write down something called the observations. What do they see on the person? Uh, This history is intense. Uh, They might, uh, you know, get a feel for it, from the conversation. They might get a feel uh, from it. Uh, the only time you actually really need to touch somebody, a lot of times, if you're not palpating a spot and that sort of thing because it's a broken arm or something, uh, is to kind of maybe touch them to see if they're cold, hot, clammy, dry. But, you know, that can be...
2: But, but they can do that and, themselves, too, can't they? Yeah,
1: they can tell you that, right. Mm-hmm. Wow,
2: well, there's, there's also these weird things called thermometers. people yeah, using go.
3: those guns. Sure. But here's
2: the thing, too. Wait, i got to insert this because it's a pet peeve of mine, okay? I hate these new electrical digital thermometers. I absolutely hate them.
3: <laughs> they are
2: not accurate. I have the old-fashioned kind that's glass with a little bit of mercury in it. And you know what? I've not killed myself on one of those yet. Um, I, they, they're the ones that are accurate. These did That's what I'm saying, these digital thermometers. They're not accurate.
1: Well, you know, a degree was measured in how much it moved mercury. So – If you're going to define what what a degree is, then you probably are best going to be using what it was defined using. Like it's you know moving uh, mercury this far is a degree. That that's how they defined you know this much mercury up a glass tube this big around will go up this far, and that's what we're going to call the degree. And and the mercury is very how can I say? Very, very responsive to temperature. You know, it's very uh-huh. reactive. Very. So we're going to have this history. And there's going to be an intake and a variety of questions will be asked. And if you're seeing, say, for example, just a homeopathic, only they do homeopathic, they'll approach it different. If you're going to a <clears throat> oriental medicine doctor, OMD, uh, that would be more from the Chinese perspective. They're going to be uh, assessing a little different. A nature path is kind of more acquainted with uh, uh, what you're going to be expecting history wise. And they have a, a variety, all practitioners, whether they're an MD doing what they call integrative medicine, a nature path, or a nurse practitioner, or even a, a massage therapist, I mean, a, a licensed acupuncturist or an oriental, oriental medical doctor. Uh, they're all going to have their kind of ways of assessing, and some of them, cross over into other fields, and sometimes a nature path endorses maybe a Chinese technique in, in their ability to assess. Another one is, uh, uh, and they're not all perfect, none of them are perfect, but they actually just kind of get you on the target face. They, they at least keep you from going to the left when you should have gone right. That's the best way I can explain it. Okay. Um, you've got iridology, where you read the you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, that's that's demonic." Looking at the that eyes. That's new
3: age. Yeah, new all, age. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Well, uh, iridology <laughs> is five thousand years old, and it's interesting because that's an assessment that is used, uh, and has been used by several civilizations. In fact, they've found maps of the. A map is uh, the what iridology is is reading the. Uh, signs in the iris of the eye, the colored part of the eye. The other, the white, that's called sclera. Can't even say it today. That's my t- word for the day. I can't say
2: sclera, sclera, sclera.
1: Yeah, and that—that's that, uh, a different kind of. Uh, you can look at those too, but these signs can be mapped out. For different areas on them, like at the top of the iris, at the 12 o'clock, it's like a circle. So at the 12 o'clock point would be the things in the head, okay? And uh, so you know, it's the in the eye at different spots could be spots that are connected to different parts of the body. And I'm actually going to give you the science behind it here in a minute. But what I was getting at is they would map out the different areas of the body and put them where they're located in the iris. Well, the Egyptians carved out the iris map uh, thousands of years ago, and they put it in a stone, and they found some of them in Europe. They found ancient ones in China. They found them in Africa. They found them in South America North America, all these old civilizations that had no contact with each other at all had the location of each one of the organs in the same spot. Hmm. In other words, where the heart was in the iris, where it's located, was at the same location in Egypt as it was in South America and China, and so forth.
2: How do you think they figured that out?
1: Oh, it's I have no idea.
2: If you I mean, really think about that, it's like, wow.
1: It's not like right. you have a
2: cord running from your behind a little spot in your iris and the back of the eye running down to your liver, okay?
1: Well, the story goes with Bernard Jensen, who wrote a very in-depth knowledge of, or a book on iridology. Um, you know, there was somebody that broke a leg, and uh, there was a spot that showed up in a light-colored eye, a dark spot. As soon as the healed, okay. the leg healed, it was gone. So that kind of sparked whoever that story was for. That sparked their understanding that it can show up in the eye. Now, what is it in the eye that scientifically is so making it compelling to think that you can see signs in the eye? Well, those little fibers that make up each one of the eyes, if you'll look at the iris, the colored part of the eye, you'll see lines that come out from the pupil, kind of like in you know, spokes of a wheel, and they're real small, they're real close together, and and, they, they, and so these lines are all coming out uh, from the middle toward the end, straight out. Um, those are f- little fibrous tissues that will move in and out to make the iris bigger or smaller. In order to do that, those fibers have to be connected to the nerves in the brain. And each one of those goes to a different spot in the brain.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that reflects what area that part of the brain is controlling, so to speak, in the body. So we have a neurological connection to the iris of the eye, to the body's functions. And so when the conditions are, are bad or poor or out of whack in a organ, say, for example, a a liver, a kidney, um Uh, uh, that kind of thing, it will manifest different ways in the iris. So you might find somebody that does iridology. Some people are better at it, some are worse, and uh, through what we call anecdotal signs. In other words, what happened was they would take people that were having a problem, and they'd say, this problem has this, 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 and this wrong, or maybe they broke their leg, and they would map the eye. They would show spots and colors, you know, because you can, have you ever seen somebody you look at their eye and they look like a rose petal, they look like a look like there's dark spots all over it and football shaped things in it and Mm
3: -hmm. well
1: uh, you know, those aren't there accidentally. So you can see things like stress how well the colon, how toxic the colon is, you know, uh, all these kind of things just in that technique. Now, that is just one assessment tool. And when right. I first started in naturopathy, I used that along with another technique to do my assessments.
2: Now, can you have people send you a digital picture of their iris? Somebody takes it real close and sure. use it that way so you could do a virtual uh, sure. assessment on the iris? Okay. okay.
1: Yeah. If you go in person, they take the same thing. They take a digital picture uh, and then you don't have to sit there and constantly talk to them with their eyes open, telling them what's going on. You take that yeah. picture, and then you point don't to
3: it,
1: <laughs> and you and you they point to it. And there's a whole college now of iridology, a college on it. You know, you can go to school to become an iridologist. Now, I'm a I'm a I'm a certified iridologist. Okay, I'm not. I don't talk about being it, but I am, and. What happens is is that's what I used to do at first. Uh, what happens, though, is doctors will oftentimes begin to migrate from technique to technique. Whatever they find gives them the best tools in the way that they're delivering health care. So, you know, if they're delivering healthcare care long distance like I do, we might have to go a different route than somebody that's doing it clinic-based. And uh, so... That is just one assessment technique. And another assessment technique is muscle testing. This is another one that got labeled demonic. <laughs> or new agers. You know,
3: okay.
1: you know it, it, it's crazy. Well, uh, what is muscle testing? You can, like, take, for example, and have somebody, like, put their arm straight out, like straight out from their side, out to the right, right arm sticking out to the right, level with the floor. And you can press, you can have them resist you and you press down on that arm and if the arm's weak or strong, can tell you, generally speaking, about the body. But you have to do some other stuff. For example, let's say, um, let me give an example that I always tell about muscle testing to kind of describe this. Uh, Athletes, that are wanting to do like weight lifting and they're in their exercise room and they're laying on the uh, bench press. That's where you lay on your back and the barbell's above you and you're pushing it up, you know, straight up. Mm -hmm. And you're laying Mm -hmm. on like on your back and you're lifting straight up above your head or not straight up, but straight up from the floor. (laughs) Uh, like Above your
3: face. Above Above your your face.
1: face, yeah. And there's these poles there to catch the bell barbells when they come down. Uh, that's uh, uh, pinch pressing. Well, you can take something like sugar um, or some kind of toxin. You could, like, put Drano and lay it on their body, and they're not going to be able to bench press as much. And, and and so what we're saying is that that somehow the body was interfered with by that Thing you put on their stump on their body somewhere. You can put it on their stomach. You put it on their chest. Here's what it is, Aaron. The body is electrical, and because the body's electricity is electrical, it's just kind of like you know. Okay, you've got a lamp in your house. The wire on the lamp is covered with rubber to keep you from touching it, and getting it shorted out, and then. You getting electrocuted? Okay, it doesn't. It, you don't leave a bare wire uncovered. You have rubber on your your lamp, your cords, right? Mainly so you can handle the wire, but also to keep the wires from shorting out because they'll burn up and all that, right? Well, your body is electrical. Now, just like the lamp, uh, you need to cover the body. So we've got a skin. But did you know that you can take a wire and wrap it around a nail and you can magnetize the, the uh, nail even though there's rubber on the wire?
3: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: And the reason why is, is that the electrical magnetic field that's in the electricity of that wire, it's not stopped by that rubber on the wire. It goes past it. It's just like our body. We might have electricity in our body because that's what it does. It has electrical occurrence. But it has a magnetic field past the skin. Anything that comes within that field and the further into it it comes, and particularly if it touches the body, it can sense the electrical signature of whatever it is. And if it does... Like, say, let's say you are hungry and you lay mm-hmm. food in there, good food, like, you know, spinach and apples and st- well, The body's going to react electrically just slightly,
3: not a lot, just, right. Right.
1: just a little bit. And it might actually improve the ability to lift those weights. But when you have something toxic, the body senses that, too. And it weakens it because it wants to release the toxin. It doesn't want to grab it and pull it in. It wants to let it go. So it goes away, remove, eliminate. And so the body reacts different. So it's all about the electrical fields, and muscle testing does that. Now then you can do that by using the muscle, but of late they decided to start using uh, equipment. And so a German guy said, you know what, there's got to be an answer. Is there really an electrical system in the body? You know, it was just conjecture at that point. So this guy by the name of Dr. Vol, he was a German doctor, he took a, a, a voltmeter. Have you ever seen those little boxes that have batteries in them? They have two little prongs, wire prongs. They have a wire... A uh, left and uh, a black wire and a red wire coming out of it, the little pointy tester things, and you can test your battery to see how much electricity is in, and that kind of thing. You can stick them in a outlet to see if there's any electric uh, electricity to your uh, electrical out. You know what I'm talking about? These voltmeters. I think I lost her.
3: <laughs> so.
2: No, I'm still here. I'm still here. Oh okay. I uh, phone's just acting goofy. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. We use those, so
3: yeah,
1: yeah. Well, uh, so what what ends up happening is you've you've got these uh, this doctor taking one of those. So he had somebody hold one of those because he had to make a complete circuit, and then he took the other and he started going across the skin. It took months. And he went inch by inch or square by square. And every once in a while, he'd see the voltmeter go real high. And then the rest of the time, it was kind of at the same spot, kind of low. And then all of a sudden, he'd find another spot that'd go, and he'd mark it. And he started putting all these dots on this guy. And uh, what he found out was that when he got through, these dots matched up with what the Chinese called acupuncture points. (laughs)
2: Yes <laughs> imagine that, yeah. how
1: about that? okay? So now you can get equipment and you don't have to go to the acupuncture point, but you can do a quick get equipment that can measure the response that the body has to things that you might be introducing to somebody like for example if if you hand them an apple, is it good for'? Them? Well. It will. It gets to the point where it can either make it too aggressive or not enough. It can stress the body or weaken the body. Or does it balance the body? That's the most important part. We want the body into homeostasis. We want the body into balance. <clears throat> the only thing that we're doing, by the way, in all the options that come with assessments is... Uh, to find out what's out of balance, you know, where are we out of balance? Then we get into all the options for the other part, the therapy. And oh my goodness, you've got homeopathics in very different, you have homotoxicology, you have pleomorphic homeopathics, you have classic homeopathics, you have a whole host of applications just in homeopathics. You have the botanicals. You have the supplements. And not all of them are equal, as we already know. Then you have the manual therapies. And I'm trying to get this done before we end today. The manual therapies could be massage therapy. Could be acupuncture. Could be the light touch technique. Uh, DOs, doctors of osteopathy. It's kind of a cross, you know, between a chiropractor and an MD because they do Manual work on the body.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: They they actually you know will do something physical. They that's called body work. It's not like working on a car. <laughs> it's it's working. And then there's acupressure as well as acupuncture. So we have all of these assessment tools, and we haven't even touched the surface, Aaron, of. Thermography and, and NRA or, uh, or Reams testing or any of this other stuff, and we haven't even touched the surface on the therapies that are available. So, <clears throat> what is alternative medicine? It's drugless therapy. That's what it is. Whoa, Aaron, this went, this is, uh, geez, we're an hour and 45 minutes into this.
2: It went pretty fast. Yeah. But it's it's bringing the body back to how it's supposed to be. No, it's not the fountain of youth. That's what I'm saying. It's recognizing a problem and correcting the problem druglessly. Sure. Using nature, giving the body what it needs to
1: heal itself. We, as doctors as MDs, NDs, whatever kind of practitioner, OMDs, NMNDs, by the way, (laughs) Um, they are not the healers. The body is the healer. We just must equip the body. For example, um, consider, say, for example, that that minerals are the bricks. Enzymes and vitamins are the brick layers. (laughs) <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. something
1: puts the bricks in place and something has to be the brick. In other words, we have protein, which are the building blocks, but what puts the protein where it needs to go? And so we learn all this stuff as practitioners and and it's an art. And so that art isn't like working on a transmission like we talked about in the first hour a transmission's either broke or it's fixed. Right. But in the body, in the body you can be in between. You can be really bad, not so bad, a, you know, a little less than off your best and the best.
2: You just may need a tune up.
1: There you go. I'm needing a tune up. Well, Aaron, I'm glad you're here. Maybe we can do this again real soon on uh simply your health and I'm glad you came at the last minute. Well, thanks we for having were me, talking, Doc. I said Hey, I, I knew we were talking about Erin's new, uh, well, her journey that's going to be sometime here. I don't know when you're going to start real soon, probably, uh, into trying. into school, uh, to be a – but you're going to be uh, kind of ahead of a lot of people. Well, maybe not a lot of people, but you're going to be at least familiar with uh, terminology, so that will be a plus. I and mean, have been 25 years in a veterinary clinic kind of helps, you know. Hey, the one thing that might help is that if you're going to work with people, most of them can talk.
2: Yeah, most of them can, right. It does help. <laughs> <Trust me.
1: laughs> not all. But then again, I'm used all.
2: to the ones that don't talk. But you know what? Hopefully most people <laughs> won't try to bite me either. So.
1: Well, the, they they may not bite you, but they might stick their arm out in the waiting room and run down the whole Bookcase knocking everything off the bookcase. Yes, they the could do floor. that too. And they
2: that's might right. have been the last,
1: they might be the last one that came in, but they're going to be the first one seen. So <laughs> that's so right. The well, they probably survived. won't
2: pee on the furniture either. So. <laughs> so
1: good. Okay, folks, it's been my pleasure being able to be with you today. We're going to do this every week, and it'll be at the same time. We're uh, three p.m east coast time here on simply your health if you're hearing this uh there's a website called SimplyYourHealth.com. and by the way erin does a radio show on all kinds of topics i mean you have a variety of geopolitical topics ancient history topics even uh health and uh she's uh very busy every night and why don't you give them your website when you're on
2: the website is the truth traveler.com i'm on monday through friday for 11 p.m. eastern to 1 a.m. eastern
1: Ah, so you're on tonight
2: yes oh, we're talking cool. economy tonight we have david morgan he's the uh he's responsible for the morgan report it's been around for a long time we're going to discuss economies uh What's going on in the economy, good, bad, the ugly? Like the Swiss francs jumped up in 30 minutes. Yeah, 30% in minutes. I'll spit it out today. So there's a lot of weird volatility going on.
1: Oh, I tell you. Well, they've unleashed the economic, well, uh, let's put it this way. Putin has just uh, announced uh, the... um, so to speak, uh, the, his response to the economic war on Russia and is dumping the dollars today. Uh, it's going to be all over the news. It'll be very interesting to see what you got, Aaron. I do really appreciate you coming on, and uh, well, I've you, enjoyed Doc. it. And I hope there everybody, uh, I hope everybody else enjoyed it. Uh, uh, Simply, your health will be a, a variety. We'll we'll talk about the politics of medicine, and we'll be talking about. Things that will help you. And uh, sometimes we'll get real specific, but, you know, like, what can we do for? You know, and it's not, like we said, it's not isolating it, but it just gives you an idea of what you might run into when you're with a drugless therapy or a drugless uh, practitioner. And uh, um, we'll help guide everybody, get some kind of help. If we need to find somebody, we'll do the best we can for them. There you go. Well, that takes care of it. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Doc. I appreciate it. Okay. Bye-bye.
2: All right. Bye-bye.